0: Oh, <laughs> listening to the wide world of woo thanks for tuning in my name's tyler we've got a great show planned for today we are talking liquid swords by the jizza and we've got a very special guest shahab from gc records what's up shahab
1: hey thanks for having me guys
0: yeah yeah absolutely and andy's holding it down in minneapolis how you doing andy not too bad uh about a space heater it's freezing
2: <laughs> <laughs> right on what, what are you down to What's that? Oh, I don't even know. Just, uh, Just freezing cold, to be honest with you. I haven't checked even.
0: <laughs> I've just been... <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know. <laughs> yeah, right. Endurances it's just that dry days. cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Talking facts first. So Liquid Swords was released on November 7th, 1995 on Geffen Records, less than four months after Raekwon's only built for Cuban Links it peaked at number nine on the billboard 200. I don't know when it went gold, but it finally hit platinum status just about 20 years later, October 8th, 2015. There are 13 tracks, including the CD bonus track by Kayla Priest, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, There were four singles, uh, but it's, actually kind of unclear which ones are actually the singles and which ones are the b-sides um if you go to the wikipedia for fourth chamber it redirects to shadow boxing and uh so maybe we'll get into that a little bit because those two are kind of combined but um they were made into videos liquid swords the title track cold world i got you back and shadow box the fourth chamber either of you had a chance to check out all those videos or have you seen them along the way?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: I've
2: seen them. I actually revisited them as well.
0: (laughs) All right. What'd you think? What reflections, what are your favorites?
2: Oh, uh, I would say liquid swords, I think is a really cool video just as far as like the, um, the visuals go and everything. I love the big clock and everything. So
0: yeah. Yeah, it's like that's that it, just great. Yeah. It the the big clock for it kind of um had that like mystery of checks, chess, chess box and vibe a little bit. Yes. Um, definitely. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's like Alice in Wonderland or what it is, but something about it was like kind of similar. What about you, Shahab?
1: Well, I loved how you could tell what era it was from. Like all of the graphics <laughs> and color changes. I mean, it was exactly the so what you want. Beastie Boys, like <laughs> era, right? That's it was those 90s, right? Those the color swatches. I really love that. Um, and, you know, I had a DVD. It was like a collection, like all the way up until um, Gravel Pit. So it was all of their music videos up until Gravel Pit. And so I'd seen those videos a million times. Um, I, until we went and revisited them, I didn't realize that Shadowboxing and um, The Fourth Chamber. Were kind of sort of the well you mentioned the side a and side b cut yeah. um but that i mean it would you could tell they were literally shot on the same day or the same right. week it was the same flag bearers i would never noticed right. that before how did that <laughs> that's crazy you know yeah and yeah. you know what and, and before um the internet they probably thought just like you know disney in the old days they'll never know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they, they won't watch this again this is on, on mtv right <laughs> I guess I had never
2: noticed that before. That's actually kind of cool. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch it after this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because the the link that Tyler sent where it had them both combined, it is a fluid transition. Like you almost can't tell that the next song – I mean, the song, right, obviously, but, I mean, as far as the music video, it just flows right into the next song. It's crazy.
0: I I have a hypothesis that I read Jizza say – He was actually the last person to record the chamber. I'm thinking maybe they recorded the video. They filmed the video before he had finished his verse. And that's why it kind of stopped short.
1: Uh, Could be wrong about that. I could be way off. You know what? Some of the editing too, because while I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, they're not staying on him for too long. Did you get mm-hmm. that feeling too where they're like cutting away I, to this? And cutting that away to the little girl and cutting away to the, you know, whatever. Or maybe I'm mixing up the videos. But yeah, you know, um, maybe he didn't have the verse perfected yeah. at that point. Maybe the verse changed, you know, once it was mastered and recorded and everything. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I did yeah. read that
2: he uh Yeah, he he often like took a while to write his stuff because he was always uh rewriting it or like mixing different lines
0: together and stuff so that really actually could be a, a fact yeah um and <laughs> just to piggyback off what you were saying shahab did you or did anyone happen to notice like the different headgear changes for the Riza? And i can't remember if it, <laughs> it must have been cha- a fourth chamber it was like okay first he's wearing goggles then he's wearing a helmet then he's wearing a hat yeah, the, the helicopter
1: <laughs> helmet i'm like what yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, good no, but stuff. can I tell you, like, literally, it, then now, the more scenes and the more wardrobe you can fit into a music video, the higher production value you have. In general, you you have one camera, you know, the band is on stage, and that's all it is. That is the bo- most boring, right? And so, yeah okay so you know all right well that makes sense we we shouldn't talk it on the hat thing (laughs) (laughs) it was fun
0: though all right uh artwork i mean what the the artwork is probably my favorite wu-tang artwork i mean it it builds off the a little bit i think the mystery of chess boxing um and it was done by dennis cowan who is uh an actual comic book artist, uh, did work for DC Marvel who's been nominated for an Eisner, an Eisner award. Um, I love it. I think it fits pretty well. I don't know if it's perfect, but I think it's really close. What, what do you, what do you guys think?
1: Well, also thinking, you know, back to what you said about the clock in Alice in Wonderland look through the looking glass was also chess, you know, but right. You know, I, I must say Jizza is, I, I and I think this is why you brought me on the show, my favorite MC from the Wu-Tang, yeah. of, of all of them. Um, I, I I love his rhymes. Um, and I love how he layers things and what Andy was saying earlier about how he writes. Now it makes sense, right? It's so layered. Um, but the thing that I love the most, um, which some of the other Wu-Tang brothers just don't have, is that in my brain jizz's lyrics play out like a comic book like very very much so and i see the scenes and i i can see the different you know uh, panels um and so having that cover i always thought fit so well
0: that's a really good point yeah yeah no definitely i
2: love it it was actually my phone background for like a good solid two years so (laughs) it's like i love that album cover it it might not be perfect, but it is such a great image. Something yeah, he that definitely just went on. T-
1: Sorry, he uh, he he just went on tour, and I couldn't go, right? And so I was like, you know what? But I got I got to support anyway. And so I went on to his store. And do you remember he did these like weird Chanel kind of like trailers for the the, the, the tour or whatever?
2: <laughs> no, oh, you no
1: know, Louis Vuitton. Okay, look this up. Look at okay. Jizza did Louis Vuitton commercials. It's crazy, but I think wow. you know it was it was sort of um, I think I don't know I wasn't you know paid to do the marketing of it, but I think it was to kind of bring him back into the limelight. So when he did his tour, you know post pandemic or whatever, people would go. And I, I just couldn't go or whatever it was, so I popped on the website where they had they had the Louis Vuitton video and everything, and I bought the Liquid Swords T shirt because it has that artwork on it with oh, like inside I know the you're about. I can't buy it at the show, but I'm going to buy it anyway. Because, yeah, man, it's such a sick cover.
2: I didn't realize that was like a Louis Vuitton thing.
1: (laughs) Did you see it? Like, it was all weird. And it's like a forest (laughs) section. And samurai. Yeah, that's actually pretty
2: awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. I got to check this out after we go. (laughs) Uh, Let's uh, tell me about the first time you encountered this album. Why don't we uh, start with our guest? Yes.
1: Right. So I don't remember exactly when, um, but shortly after high school, so you know, all during high school, even though I did listen to punk rock, I mean, um, hip hop, it wasn't my favorite. I would listen to punk rock, right? So after high school, you know, getting in at the college radio station and like thumbing through all the records and doing all that, um, going to more shows, you know, then turning 21. So during that time, one of my cousins from Sweden moved uh, to California and, you know, to go to college, quote unquote. But of course, he came here to just hang out, party, do whatever. I don't know, right? So, you know, and a lot of you might not know this, but in the 90s, Sweden like ate up American culture, music, movies. And the thing that they very much gravitated toward was New York. And I think it was like an unconscious way of kind of like looking at those movies and those soundtracks and, you know, thinking, Holy shit, it's cold here too. You know what I mean? Or, or whatever. Like they just, they felt like the parka jackets, like they, they could see themselves in New York, I think, you know, unconsciously. Um, So dude, he came over he had everything Wu Tang had put out until then. You know, I had just like, you know of course everyone heard you know cash was everything around me 36 chambers like all that like it was it was a staple but you know rizza set everything up so everyone could go have their solo projects like i wasn't deep into it my cousin was and so he was like getting us into it and then just one of these days we're record shopping and i and i knew Jizza was my favorite and i saw liquid swords and that just changed everything sure what about That's you, crazy?
2: Andy? Sorry, I'm just like, I didn't realize all that. That's really cool. Uh, for me, this actually uh, came a little bit later for me. I knew about it, but I probably didn't get into it until about after high school as well. I think I bought a copy of it from like a half price books or something like that and pretty much just jammed it in my car. Like, I couldn't take it out of my CD player. It's flawless, you know? It's a great album. It is from the back. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that I don't even know. That had to have been around 2008 or so.
0: So, right around that time. Mm-hmm. Was it, like, uh, sold on the cover? Like, judging an album by its cover for either of you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a little. You know what I mean? Like, yes, but I knew it was Jiza and I wanted it kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I would say that was kind of the same for me. Like I, I I had heard fame, like I think that was the only solo track I had heard. Um and then I'd heard the W and I don't know if I'd really gotten into Enter Wu Tang by then, Enter the Wu Tang, but um I was on a, a short tour with my hardcore band down in Illinois and uh some little like Shinsi strip mall uh with a used record shop. This was two thousand and ten. Two thousand ten or two. Yeah, two thousand ten. And popped in. And I think most of the guys were just like going to a sandwich shop next door. And I was like, no, I gotta go look at you cds <laughs> <laughs> And uh I found Public Enemies, He Got Game, which I was a big fan of that title track going way back. And actually the first track on that album has Mastakilla on it ironically um coincidentally but uh it also had a copy of liquid swords for like six bucks and again i was like you know i figured i would probably like it cover art was enough i'd maybe heard some you know people you know whispering about like oh yeah liquid swords so whatever paid the six bucks we jammed it in the van um with like six or seven guys you know it's hard to really like give your full attention to, to mm-hmm. an album but still even even with like people talking in the background i was like okay this is pretty Max cool level. like you could yeah exactly you could tell <laughs> that there was like a thread moving throughout the whole album like it wasn't just like these random mm-hmm. hip-hop tracks that you yeah. get occasionally um with, dude it was with a mob movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> right
0: <laughs> right exactly um so that was like my first exposure to it uh played it kept playing it in my car it kept like getting better and better and that's really the thing that strikes me about this album is i've been now listening to it for over 10 years and i've never gotten sick of it and i think i appreciate it more and more with each spin which is just mind-blowing so with that let's get into the beats bars and top tracks and start off uh, with a little discussion about the beats, Uh, basically handled by the RZA, uh, unless you consider the CD bonus track by Kill a Priest. Um, Can you say enough good things about the production on this record?
1: In general, just over the span of everything Wu-Tang, I've liked RZA's music more than his rapping. Not that he's bad or you know he's really really talented but his music making like that is what he does so well on this album the soul samples um the minimalist piano loops i mean for 1995 that was fresh Mm -hmm. you know but then on top of that they had you know because you know again 36 chambers it was all kung fu samples dude here they you know just like they kind of did on forever right it was um like radio drama sections like, do you know don rodriguez from the bronx <laughs> he's you know <laughs> over there singing like a bird you know and they're like oh shit yeah, they're going to kill him you know right. um loved it you know um but but and i'm sorry i know we're talking about beats but let me just say like you push play that shogun assassin sample oh seriously like I got goosebumps the first time I hit play. I got goosebumps just saying it now. I get you know, and it's from a movie like the Lone Wolf and Cub, um, or what was it called? Oh no, yeah, Shogun yeah, Assassin, right? Yep, yeah, based on Lone Wolf. And um, Man. dude, and and okay, so but but the the sample he chose, right? Whether it was Resurgis and I, I almost feel like it was the two of them together. is so heart wrenching. Mom is dead. He's telling the baby, who is not even a year old, cannot understand language, and says, you do not know what I say, but you must choose the sword and then, you know, or the ball. And if you choose the ball, I'm going to kill you to save you from this mess. And if you choose sword, you're coming with me. And that set up the story. that The comic book had begun, and it just, I don't know. That was, I loved it. Is that that's not at the beginning
0: of the album for you, or is it? Because for me, it's did I the, mix two of the samples? I nope. think.
1: Well, for me,
0: it's the uh, the
1: sample that does start it. And I'm sorry to cut you off. Is the was infected by devils? Right.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. That's that's the one that starts yes, it for me. Yes. Yeah. yes
1: that's and it, no. That I think that I mean that starts it for everybody. And I think I okay. mixed the two. Yeah. Um, because that other one does come late. Does it come later? It does. It does come yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> the, that um yeah the they came for my father right that one is also like crap my pants you in
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so while we're while we're talking about that first track that title track um i mean how good is it so for me what really pulls me in is it starts off with that like bouncy kind of like summary sample of mercy, mercy, mercy by Willie Mitchell. And you're like, okay, like barbecue mm. or something like that. And then it just boom, all of a sudden switches to like the those guitar, like it almost sounds like Scott upstrokes, but it's like tension. And you're like, whoa, okay. It's another yeah. Willie Mitchell song. It's called grooving Um, mm. but it's just like that transition is so stark. Mm-hmm. And then the way jizza jumps onto the the verse when he does that and then it, like slides in <laughs> like halfway through it's just so title track yeah that one that beat for me is huge um what else like fourth chamber uh that it's like super gritty it's like almost kind of metal sounding there's like pulsating blasts of distortion mm-hmm. shadow boxing with method man is so good yeah so that one is another we talked about this last episode like an early example of chipmunk soul of like taking a soul album pit you know speeding it up pitching it up um it's a little mm-hmm. repetitive like compared with the others that kind of like really mutate a lot uh but i still love it and it's a great sample raekwon used it later in uh molasses and uh shaolin versus the wu-tang um, yeah uh killer hills is another one of my favorites um that one is hypnotic it's it kind of mutates like it goes through one time and then it kind of like twists around a little bit that one like goes through my head all the time when I, I ran the seattle marathon like a month ago i swear that little loop was going through my head 20 of the miles just
1: wow
0: nonstop. <laughs> um so that's one of my favorites uh one i don't know if it's necessarily my favorite but i thought it was interesting that i got you back which was another one of the singles um sam again samples the charmels as long as i've got you which was used twice on enter the wu-tang both in cream and on seventh chamber and uh i mean it's just amazing how rizza can take like this one song and manipulate it and reuse it and i don't know if that like saves any money on royalties, but at least it's pretty efficient. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I don't think I can find anything to fault on this album. I'm giving it a perfect 10 out of 10 for beats. Um, why don't we go to Shahab? What's your assessment?
1: Cool. Yeah. So, um, a few. Uh, let me just start with a few of my favorite lines and bars. Um, I I really love. No, we're uh, gonna do that. We're gonna do that later. We we, we what are we doing now? Beats. My favorite beats.
0: Beats. Yeah. Oh, your beats. Favorite beats, and uh, and your
1: score. For beats. Oh, and the score. The score, the score for score. beats. Oh, so each section gets. Each a section score. gets a score. Yep. Did not know that. Okay. Yep. All good. Um. No, I I really I really love it. I, I think you hit the nail on the head with like the distortion. It's very gritty, um, you know, if not like dirty, it's like raw, right? Um, which Jiza was doing in the 90s. Like that was what he was known for. Um, and to a certain extent, I think, you know, again, in hindsight, like I didn't know it when I was first listening to it, but I think, you know, especially with some of the lines that they say, I think the music was him doubling down on his style and basically saying, look, like all of you are biting me. <laughs> like the those of you that are doing this, you know? And so he just like doubled down on it almost, right? Shoving it in your face. Loved it. Um, I mean, I, I think Life of a Drug Dealer, I, I really love the, um, I mean, it, like the music on that to me just feels like, a strange like like how the dreams in um fifth, fifth not fifth element um 12 monkeys so whenever he would dream about the airport and stuff and it's all disjointed and stuff like you know and and then and maybe i'm thinking airport cuz you know the elo in his left leg kind of thing but you know it was like you know and so it feels like this weird disjointed dream really always love that one um and shadow boxing, like you said it's 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 pretty simple but you know um you know again like Rizza was really good at minimalism and i think he um did a really good job on this album Uh so i would say as far as beats um 9.5
0: yeah what, what do you
1: got andy oh uh
2: <laughs> sorry i was just listening um i guess i would say i think the first this album i don't know it flows so well it's got this really good uh you know fluid vibe through the whole album like you both were kind of saying um i think honestly at this point in time um rizza had really kind of found his um like his niche like as far as sound quality went like i think after 36 chambers it obviously got better but this album <clears throat> in my opinion as far as production goes Uh, I I would probably have to give it a 10. I mean, I know that might be a stretch, but I think it's, I think just the way it flows is so good. It's polished, it sounds good, but it's still gritty. Uh, The first three songs on this album, I think kind of work like, almost like uh, one song in a way, like they flow really well. And then all of a sudden it gets into, um, uh, what's the songs that I'm trying to think of, Gold, And then that song, I feel like that's when the album really gets like nasty, you know, like it just breaks into this like hardcore. (laughs) And then from there, I mean, I feel like it breaks up a little bit and then it comes back together at the end, kind of how it started almost, where it has that kind of like you were saying, like barbecue, like funky style, you know, at the very end of the album. And I don't know, it's interesting. It takes you on a journey like an, an emotional journey for sure but yeah. uh musically yeah no i don't know i think this album musically is very influential uh i can hear a lot of stuff in like early death jocks and stuff like that that i could definitely see them like listening to this album and being like you know very highly influenced by it uh people of that nature early 2000s people uh my f- favorite ones would probably have to be title track uh Duel the iron mics is a great beat fourth chamber is one of my favorite beats for sure um yeah that's what I got basically
0: yeah you bring up a good point about it coming back together in the end and uh I'm curious what what you guys think are we considering kill priest track to be part of this or is it something because I technically so I was it's a CD for only. the
1: song I don't like section <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. Uh, you, ju- you just yeah, rather I, it not be on there? I never... When you said... Uh, what, did, what did you call it? Like the bonus track? That yeah, made CD, a lot of sense to me. CD bonus. It's a CD bonus. Track. CD bonus. Okay. Because it never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. First of all, when I bought that album, and still to this day, coincidentally, I was not and have never been religious. And so Bible and like all that stuff and Christianity, like we just got done watching an entire mob movie go down and now basic instructions for leaving the earth. Like like I, I was so, that's not even the question. What was the question that you asked though? Right. Like,
0: <laughs> if if we are considering it. A oh, I will island. not.
1: I will never. Okay. So,
0: so you're <laughs> just going to say, all right. Alright. yeah I, I although if, if we
1: do okay. though if we do i don't like it okay. and i
0: didn't think it fit at all and interestingly this not even on it that's right and that's what rizza said he Riza said he didn't think it fit and jizza was like i think it does and interesting. so interesting i know a lot of people do like it uh do you I, like it did, i mean did you always like so i loved it at first i'm a little i'm like a little ambivalent now i do i don't think that it captures what you thought it did the first time i think it's actually very critical of religion if you go back and listen to it now interesting yeah so like try and wash away like your your previous bias because like it's it's interesting because it is contradictory like right it's called bible and it talks about basic instruments but then it's also like why should i die to go to heaven like the earth is already in space like and so Interesting, in, you know, it kind of. But still, like, but still, you know, yeah. again,
1: going back to the beats, I didn't think it fit. You know, it was so barbecue, it was so right. chill. Right. You know, like right. It was weird. I, I, I mean, it, it was jarring for me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I do like that beat. Um, like the, I think that's another chipmunk soul. I don't know. It's, uh, it's got like baby voices. I, I don't know if there's you <laughs> distinguish baby voices and chipmunk soul, but I like that beat. Um, but I'm not sure if it fits. What what do you think, Andy? You be the uh, tiebreaker on this.
2: I'd have to say that I it does throw me off from the album. It's weird that it's on there. I do like it as a song because I I agree with like your uh, what you were saying about the concept of it. I think it's you know talking about a cool thing of like contradictory you know feelings about religion and all that but as far as it being on the album it it kind of does like it's like what the hell is this doing at the end of the album? <laughs> you know right <laughs> cuz okay. you know you get so sucked in and then all of a sudden you hear that and you're like huh
0: <laughs> right yeah 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 and and it comes after the album closes with another kung fu sample so it's yeah. like it's come full circle and then here's this yeah so all right well whatever. I don't think we need to come to a, an agreement on this or a, a solu- make a solution <laughs> for it, but acknowledge it. All right. Um, one thing I was going to say is uh, maybe Shahab, you have some insight into this. The the uh, I think it's the sequencing. I don't know. It's like every song kind of flows into one another. It's like there are no really hard start and stops as far as I can tell. Um, is, is that accurate as far as you can uh, speak to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love it. And I've always loved, I loved when they do that in multiple genres, right? It's like super slick and you're like, I didn't notice now we're on to the next track. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's why, I mean, not, that's not why, but that's one of the things that lent to how fluid it was right on top of this, the like right song order and all of that. But um it was just, you know, it was like again, in my mind like a whole comic book issue or a movie kind of thing. For sure. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Have,
0: yeah. Any anything to add Andy on on that?
2: Oh, I uh I was thinking about this earlier, but uh when you were saying that I was kind of thinking about it too is like the the how fluid with how fluid the album is um musically, it kind of sets up this like background backdrop for like how uh jizz's storytelling is just so good like he i was thinking about it earlier and i'm like Jiz is like a elevated- Genius. yeah yeah he is a genius but he's an elevated like slick rick you know like he yeah. is a great storyteller you know and i i love comic books and uh yeah no i just it's like flawless how he can just tell these stories of these beats and just suck you in with them and like that is just as fluid as the music and it's so strong as a unit you know yeah
0: i agree i I think uh that's a good point i think the fluidity of the track like the the production and the maybe the beats to some extent anyways the production and the sequencing um, gives the impression that the album is more of a, a story arc than it actually is. Yes, like definitely. Because if you if you dissect the, the individual lyrics, it's like okay, we've got one song that's like but, just braggadocious. Yeah. Here's like a whole song about record labels, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet people seem to think it's like this grand story that goes from start to finish. And um, I think it's like the kung fu samples tie that in. The production ties that in. Um so that's something that uh I mean it just it, it speaks to the the way the album was constructed by I am guessing the RZA, I'm sure there were some other people who were involved in that but um let's let's get to the uh bars and um who wants to kick us off for bars? Uh I think our guest should uh kick us off for bars.
1: Sure. All right. he, he Tell it, us about it, your
0: your favorite Uh, Verses, your favorite tracks uh, lyrically and uh, give us a a score from one to 10 for the overall bars on liquid swords
1: so i mentioned this earlier i I really really love um life of a drug dealer like that track um really embodies the storytelling of jizza that i love the the song is so good
0: What's that song actually called? Because I know that's not actually what it's called. And I, I never know Is it know called something else? Is. It's called something <laughs> else. But, okay, here's what's so confused. Sorry to interrupt you. What's so yeah, confusing no is the CD, on the back of the CD, I'm looking at it right now, like all the song titles are in a different order. Um, uh, some of the songs are not actually named what they are. Like there's one on the, the back called The Unexplained, which isn't real
1: uh, or is not actually what it's called. <laughs>
0: So I don't know if anyone can like Google. Uh, I feel like my computer is going to crap out if I try and do more than one thing at one time, but, uh, or maybe people will just know what you're talking about. I'm sure they,
1: they will. But, I'm sure they'll know. Yeah. Right. But you know, the, the, um, and correct me if I'm if this is not that track, but the there's no need to spray up a scene. I use less men more powerful shit for my team. Like my man, Muhammad from Afghanistan grew up in Iran, runs a neighborhood newsstand. Okay, so my wife is Afghan, and I am Iranian. <laughs> so that line, right? Uh, you know, it just, you know, more powerful shit for my team, like my man, Muhammad. like it was just it was so awesome to hear that. Right. And, and and then, you know, it also kind of lends to the comic book thing. Like he was raised to be a terrorist, you know, putting, you know, making Molotov cocktails or whatever. Um, so that line, dude, that line during the era where we had pagers and the pagers had voicemail. Okay. So for a while it was just a number thing. Then there was a voicemail and you could call it and all the stuff and have like a greeting. My greeting was that line of that song. Um, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it.
0: Um, that's so great. By the way, we have an answer to to that question. So oh. here, here it gets even more confusing. Crazy, because "Life of a Drug Dealer" is a song by Jizza, but it's from his first album, "Words of a Genius." And what you're talking oh. about is "Killa Hills." Oh, "Killa Hills,"
1: yeah, "Killa Hills," yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah, dude, it's so good. It's so good. Um as far as uh you know i i love the, the, the line where he goes turn that shit up my clan in the front want it right yes. literally a reference to his solo track on 36 chambers like so good you know um one line that i thought was really really funny and i've always thought was funny and i don't know why and there's it's not necessarily comical maybe but is calling all cars calling all cars ghetto right. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah I you know, had that, in that my always nose. just cracks me up you know it's like almost like what i would you know if i saw your car i'd be like oh man you know or whatever like talking shit kind of so good calling all cars calling all cars ghetto you know love that um oh so this is i mean this is the last one I'm, i kind of like pinpointed in my notes but um the, the line where he goes, before I blast the mic, Riza scratch off the cereal, right? Yep. So when you scratch the cereal off of a gun, you're about to murder somebody. So what he is saying is Jizza, the, the mics, the s- cereal has been scratched off by RZA and he is ready to kill. Like, dude, it's ah, so good. So good. Um, and, uh, you know, again, as, as far as uh, my favorite tracks, I would say um, Killa Hills, definitely. Um, Shadow Boxing never gets old. Meth and Jizza kill their bars on it. Um, so, I, I mean, dude, I, I, would, I would, for this category, give it a 10.
0: Right on. All right. Uh, let's hear what you got, Andy.
2: Oh, all right. Uh, let me uh,
0: look at my notes here a little bit. Do you have uh, so many notes for this? <laughs> I'm like struggling to, to hold it. I wanted not to remember, not to forget. It. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I'm trying to think here because there's a lot of really great bars on here. And I've told you this before, but I can listen to songs and I can say every single word while I'm listening to it. But as soon as I'm not listening to it, I like forget. <laughs> I like freeze up. So, um, but as far as like bars go, I would have to say, uh, I think the first track, honestly, I mean, I know it's not great, but I just love like the setup. I love the hook and I love just like the fun of it. The bars on it are a a lot of fun classic and I can just always kind of sing along to it. Uh, You know about that hook, Andy? Yeah, I have heard about that hook because I did watch his like I think I watched his Tiny Desk concert and a few other yep. things where he was talking about that. Yeah, that it Which goes is...
0: back to to '84, so like ten years earlier or more wow. ten years earlier. They were Jizza, uh, Riza, and ODB would do that that chorus as like a
1: oh, was it like part a of old, a different song? Yeah, they would just do it like as a as a kind of like fun a party thing. type thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. So it was kind Uh, of an inside joke. Not joke, but like an insider thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, it was like a, yeah, it was like their, like, party. Like, they it was, like, kind of like their battle. Crying away. Like, they would go and, you know, wrap up parties or battle people, and they would just use that. Uh, I like Swordsman a lot. I like uh, Kill a Hill. Um, Shadow Boxing, I love. I know it's kind of like you said it was kind of repetitive. I think it's like the fun track on the album. Like it's got meth on it. I love his verse. I love how he kind of sets Jizza up to come in and just like take everyone out, you know, and meth is just like, I don't know. He's got his own style. His style is definitely the most like, uh, catchy out of everybody's, I guess I would say, but, He's just so good at it. He's so smooth, and he just, like, yeah, he totally just sets it up for Jizza to come in and just, like, take everyone out. And that's probably, as far as bars go, that's one of my favorite tracks, I think, for sure. But, yeah, that's
0: what I got. (laughs) What's your score for bars?
2: Uh, Man, on this album, hard to say. (laughs) I'd have to say I'd probably give this album, like, a nine point five. <laughs> all right. I all right. Yeah. yeah. I, it's hard to give this one a score. It's such a good album. There's so many good lines on it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I I decided for bars for liquid swords. I was I'm mostly gonna focus on like the few areas where it's not perfect when I'm talking about the bars, um, because otherwise we just we wouldn't have time. Um, we'd we'd be here all day and all night. So. Yeah uh bars for me like the notable things i i love the title track um like you said it's not the the lyrics to it aren't perfect and uh the more i've listened to it the more i'm aware of how many similes he uses and it's like an absurd like i counted 10 like the blood on a murder scene, like a syringe, like Zodiac, Zodiac signs on sweatshirts, like sandals, like cyclones or typhoons, like Mark 5 sneakers, like clock radio speakers, like Amtrak, like seashells, and like a funnel. Um, which, <laughs> it is what it is. I think it's a few too many similes for one song, but it's still a great song. Um,
1: it's so good. I never noticed there were that many. as you were counting them on like oh yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) my apologies (laughs) um so the other one uh labels so I don't dislike it in fact I like I like an aspect of it um I don't know if it really fits with the album it's I believe the first of what I would call Jizza's category songs where he uses names from a particular category to form a narrative in this case record labels um he so he would do the same thing in fame which was the the first solo song of his that i heard um and would do that in animal planet and uh (laughs) queen's gambit zero percent finance um publicity so it's kind of notable in that way um but i don't know it just it it doesn't strike me as a as a top lyric track even though it is kind of a i don't know if there were other rappers doing that kind of a thing or do either of you know of any
2: uh i can't think of yeah, anything 95 of yeah i feel right. like he kind of he kind of uh invented that or maybe you know made it famous right okay.
0: yeah i will say it's I love the, the lyrics and Jizza's delivery on everything. Um, it's, I don't think it's his best lyrically. I don't, or I don't think they're the best bars that he would ever do in his career. It's really good though. So I'm going to rank it. So let nine. me, let me
1: pause you there. Let me pause you there. Okay. You don't think it's lyrically his best. Can I ask you which album you think is his best? I
0: think, okay. Well, I'm just going to be vulnerable here. I think it's pro tools. Um, and wow, and part of that is like, just because I think it's so good and the production is not nearly as good, but like paper plates just is absolutely like lyrically one of the coldest songs. Um, sure. and you got 0% finance. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, so, I'm not. I don't know. I, I'll I'll have to revisit this. I'm just saying off the top of my head. Um, no, that's great. Yeah, I think it gets. I think he gets better. Um, but this is a great album lyrically. So I'm giving it a nine. Um, all right. Anything else we want to add around bars? Oh, I do want to kind of say
2: something. Just uh, going back to the last episode because we were kind of talking about how in Thirty Six Chambers they were still kind of in that like. Late 80s, early 90s, like kind of almost like ABC, like, you know, nursery rhyme type flow. This album definitely totally just is, they're totally away from that on this album. And I think that's a huge thing because you really start to see, like, I mean, you kind of see them come into their own on their own albums, anyways. But like this one, I really feel like you see Jizzle like really coming into his own and becoming like the. You know the genius that we know today <laughs>
0: yep yep, i agree i had that same ob- observation with the exception of i got you back where he's doing that talking about like i'm trapped in a video a deadly video game with just one man it feels like his cadence gets a little slower like a little more old school but other than that i agree 100 percent. yeah yeah i guess i never thought about that that's a good point though yeah anyways i'm nitpicking i don't mean to uh let's (laughs) why don't we get down (laughs) to top tracks um i got a lot to say on my top track uh because it's so hard for me to pick so i'm gonna let someone else go first whoever wants to take top track to choose one top track but but tell us why you chose that one and, and what other ones were considered go for it
1: man <laughs> well i feel, i feel like i i kind of messed up cuz like killer hills was my answer to that you know what i mean like that the 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 afghanistan iran uh, thing the the music the bars i mean i really i that i think is my favorite song on the album um but you know what um was it fourth chamber like that song has like never you know from iPods to iPhones to whatever I've, it's never left my shuffle. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I take the album off cause I get sick of it, you know, or whatever, and I don't really want to, and then that song never leaves. And so absolutely love it. I, so I, I, I loved those songs so much. Let's, let's do it as a general, since I kind of already, you know, blew my load on that one, uh, in the other category. Um, so in 2008, 2009, I got to see Jizza, and I just on a whim, it was at a bar in Costa Mesa, California. So I just took my camera like this is not the joint or, you know, the joint or um, what do you call it? Like uh hard rock cafe or anything. So they weren't going to check press passes or anything. Got in there. We got there at like 6 p.m. GZA didn't go on. There was no opening act. It was like DJ, right? He did not go on until like one in the morning, right? So we're sitting there and as like like we're there, there's nobody there. We, we're totally right up at the stage at six o'clock. Okay, now it's nearing midnight, right? And, and and by the way, he had his boy at the merch table, right? And so over the course of five hours, like I, I made friends with the you know merch guy. Turns out he was wearing 12 different hats that tour. So not only was he the merch guy, he was also the guy on this solo tour that would sing everyone else's bars on the Wu-Tang songs, if that <laughs> makes sense, right? Awesome. So is doing his lines, right? So let's say it's shadow boxing. So then this, this guy would do the meth part, right? So I didn't know that. So anyways, so as it gets closer and closer to 1 in the morning, it, it, like, there's, there's a rustling. And, you know, like, oh shit. And by this point, the bar was full. Not only was it full, it was so packed, I could no longer get to the stage. So I went to the merch thing and I go, hey man, like, listen, like, you know me, I know you, like, we got to know each other. You know who I am now, right? Like, I'm not a a scammer or, you know, whatever, paparazzi or whatever please, like, can you at least get me up to the stage? And he was like, I got you. Right. So he pulls me, dude, like we bulldoze through people and he did not leave me in the front of the stage. He brought me up on stage, which was better because I was on a 10.5 millimeter lens, which is, you know, one of those fishbowl kind of things. Um, and you know, with, with those fisheye lenses, the farther away you are, like, it looks like you're a mile away. Right. So being on stage was so perfect. Um, I know there was a couple times Jizza wanted to punch me cause I was getting <laughs> really close with the fisheye, but I had to, I was like, dude, I like, otherwise you look like you're a million miles away. Right. But no, he was cool. Like, you know, I didn't talk to him or anything, but he was, he was nice. He let me kind of hang out on stage, do whatever. Um, and so, my love of his tracks led to that monumental, never-to-be-replicated evening, and uh, so there's, that. that's my story for favorite tracks. I love it so much that I got on stage with him.
0: That's so funny, dude. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I just read that he's like a super introverted guy. So I can only imagine like you getting in his face with the camera. I'm going to,
1: I'm going to, you know what, if you, I mean, I took the picture. So um, maybe we make the podcast, the picture where he's looking, dude, he's holding the mic and he's throwing me daggers, but he's also like his body language is I'm chill. You're chill. We're chill, but do not. Oh, man. dude but it's like it's of the whole night like I, I think i probably took like 900 pictures that night that one's my favorite it looks so not not you know it looks so good but just you know he's so aloof he's looking right in the camera i don't know so i mean you don't have to make it the podcast thing but i will definitely email you, you oh go, yeah you guys both got
0: to see we, this we got to see that i have yeah. to see that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um so so killer hills yeah great track um and i'm like andy like i i can visualize the songs but i can't put them in the right order identify which ones are which unless i'm listening to them but i think that's the one that starts off with the the mafiosa skit right hell's wind staff like the don laurie yeah okay oh what do you all think of that i love it i i think it's
2: a good a good setup especially for that song like yeah i think they went. Uh, above and beyond on the the skits on this album, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So we yeah, Andy and I were yeah. talking about that in the first episode. Like, sounds like Andy's a little bit more of a fan of skits than I am. I could like usually take them or leave them, but I love this one. Um, it's uh, it, it's funny because the the mafiosa uh, like uh, aliases had like just been established in Cuban Links like four months earlier, right? Mm-hmm. so you know they built on those like pretty subtly not as much as in cuban links but still an opportunity to like continue the mythology in kind of a parallel way um it's it's funny if you if you read like the genius.com uh annotation of this you can see how confusing it is because like uh, dreddy krueger's there um who else is in that? Do you know, like a uh, ghost ghost face? Someone's singing. Yeah. So J- J- yeah. yeah, someone's singing. Jizz is like, what is this? Hell's angels, which <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like no one knows what we're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard for me to follow exactly what's going on.
1: Uh, yeah. I was about to ask you, like, should we, should we, can Can we see if the three of us think the same things happening? Like, what do you, th- what do you, yeah. Well, do you I, I just, I feel like it's at an outdoor New York restaurant, right? So there's, there's like, Plates and shit clanging. So I think I feel like again, and New York, right? So not only is it a restaurant, but there's also a shit ton of people walking, in, you know, to work or doing whatever. So you know, across the way is the guy singing R and B, and I feel like one of Riz's entourage keeps going, "Hey, right?" And he's saying, "He's like, hey, R and B, like, what do you do?" Right? He's like mocking him, kind of right. So so our you know wingman is mocking the guy across the way singing his R and B and i mean i just I, I love the part where he's like do you have the 40,000?" and rizzo's all hey 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 and you almost don't know if he's talking to his wingman talking shit to the RB guy hey 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 right and he's like listen we know the thing you know but do you know don rodriguez <laughs> you know anyway so i i feel like it's it's a oh 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 and the phone call right so there's the phone call so i think just before he talks to the guy he goes jizz is not here but like you said Jizza is there and he's talking and he says the hell's angels thing so is that a ruse is that like what is he trying to prove i don't know what do you guys think
2: i think that's a pretty interesting
1: observation i i didn't ever
2: think the restaurant thing but now that i think about it that yeah, makes it's like sense. a
1: meeting at the italian yeah know.
2: yeah that makes a lot of sense um yeah, because I always, you know, I definitely got the vibe of like they're just trying to create what the sound of like being out on the streets of New York would sound like, you know, for sure. But yeah, I always thought like the dude singing was being set up somehow. Like somehow they were going to take him out for something. But, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think, yeah, I think that was just, I mean, I feel, I've always felt like it was just New York noise, right? But they are trying to put one up on the guy that they're meeting with, right? The guy thinks he's getting money, but in fact, they're mm-hmm. all, you know, this guy's, you know, basically telling us the skinny and you're in big trouble and you have no 40 grand. For sure. Maybe. I don't know. But that's how I always took it.
0: I'm trying to find the, the part where I get really confused by it um, because we've got RZA is Bobby Steele. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah dreddy krueger as this mr graco guy um mr Greco. yeah <laughs> mr Greco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i always thought he was saying like gray 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 ghost or gray goose or something like that i don't know um and then Riza gets a call from tony starks ghostface killer mm. so here's here's where it's confusing okay is Maximilian he says maximilian isn't here or something right but Maximilian is Jiz's alias and he's right. obviously there. He's like talking right. throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. W- why is he, so who is he providing to, a false um So is he lying to Jizza
1: or is it code word to just right. to uh Ghostface? Is it is it right? He's talking to Tony Starks. Is it some kind of code where we're like, hey, if I tell you Jiz is not here, we're about to or or okay, also, also what I've always thought was that Tony Starks is actually telling him about Don Rodriguez. He's not asking about Jizza. He's not. So this is how I feel because we don't hear Tony Starks. Right. So I think he's like, yo, Don Rodriguez is telling you Rico's a, you know, whatever. And he goes, no, no, Maximilian's not here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll talk, I'll talk <laughs> to you later. I'll talk to you later. No, no, I'll talk. Boom. Hey, 40,000. Yo, Don. you know, so I think that's how I always took it. I get, yeah, that that must be it. It might not be the, that way at all, but, you know.
0: That ex- explanation makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I think it does, actually. That does make a lot of sense.
1: Because he's there, like, because I was always confused by that, too. Like, that's his alias. Right.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, so. And, and maybe
1: the Hells Angels were, you know, up on 47th Street, and he's commenting on it or some shit, you know? <laughs> I don't know. That
2: is what I thought, because, uh, I did, after watching that documentary and learning about, like, their experience in Staten Island, I mean, it sounds kind of like it was a place where, like, there was definitely some Hells Angels hanging out and stuff like that. So, it must have just been something he said because it's something that they've seen so many times in that neighborhood.
0: Okay. All right. So, you all were thinking, like, literally Hells Angels, like, in their presence or something. I was, yeah. thinking, I, I thought he was referring to the music. Like, what is, what is this? Hells Angels? Like... The, whoever's I mean, singing maybe that
1: too maybe but, that too right because then he d- but he does comment on this singing too what does he say he says something about like what are you trying like, turn, yeah. yeah 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 i don't know
0: all right well we'll, we'll continue doing our uh, <laughs> ncis work on this <laughs> um, uh, w- another interesting thing um dreddy Krueger is on that skit and he's also credited as being in um where did it go? He's credited as being in another song. I think it's Duel Duel of the Iron Mike. Let me see. I'm looking at the the liner notes right now. Um yeah, Dreddy Kruger, courtesy of Jizza Productions on Duel of the Iron Mike. I don't hear any mm. uh Dreddy Krueger that I'm aware of. Do either of you have any insight?
1: I never knew he was in that song, no. Weird. No.
0: I don't right. think I don't think so, but it
2: must I think it must have been just something they thought was funny, <laughs> so maybe they just put it on
0: there <laughs> uh, maybe I, I don't know I mean uh, I think
2: it's a funny name, so <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Um, all right, well, uh let's get to mm, let's see wow, I'm completely lost. Did we do your top track, Andy? No, we uh, haven't done your top track. No, no,
2: I don't think we did. All right. Uh, oh, man, it's tough because this album is so... Uh, Kill the Hills is definitely one of them. Okay. Uh, I think that it's a great track. I mean, there's just... Yeah, it's... The beat is awesome. I think if if I was going to pick, like, a banger on the album, I would pick that one. <laughs> um, Which one Chamber, was it? Uh, Kill the Hills. Okay. All right. Uh, and 4th chamber, I would have just, I actually 100% agree with everything you said on 4th chamber. Uh, it is. Probably my favorite song on that album. It follows me. Uh, I've always just, that's the 1 I always go to. It's hard for me to, like, put this album on and not listen to it all the way through. But if I'm going to pick a song to just listen to on the album, it's definitely that song. So I'd have to say if I'm going to have to make that hard choice, it's probably Fort chamber.
0: Right on, dude. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to funnel it down from my, where I, where I started, like when I first started listening to this record, I would have easily said the title track just because like the sample, like the, the guitar, like, and you know, that one is, it's not that that I've like stopped enjoying that one, but, um, it's st- kind of started coming down more to like appreciating more of the posse cuts. Uh, and so fourth chamber, like you just mentioned, uh, dual of the iron mic <clears throat> investigative reports. Um, so, you know, I like that ODB and you God have their little parts in dual of the iron mic and <clears throat> investigative reports respectively. Um,
1: Dude, I love... and the drums on investigative reports were so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah
0: definitely. Uh, I love the little, the audio clip at the beginning about the battle of long Island and, uh, Ray just starts off that with that verse has so much style. That's like, like you could, I think it must've been recorded right around Cuban links. Cause it's just like, it has that feel to it. And, uh, and then Jizza comes in with that calling all cars, calling all cars. cars
1: getting all <laughs> yeah. <you>. And, uh, <laughs>
0: a knockout verse and then you know ghost comes in and anytime you have ghost and ray on a track you know it's going to be good um and i I like the cadence of like you God's investigative reports like the way he just adds it in there um and then kind of like
1: i mean that was so punk rock i i felt (laughs) you know investigative reports right (laughs) right yeah
0: exactly uh and then he's got like I don't even know if you want to call it like a refrain because it kind of changes like the little, the words that he, he switches in and out, like vial carriers. And I, I, of course I can't think of them off the top of my head, but drug I I don't know. Um, But he like switches them out. So it's like, it's more than just a refrain, you know, it's, it's a little bit more than like ODB just saying like duel of the eye and mic. It's a little bit more like a verse, um, you know, just kind of like the, The subtle things that you got as kind of understated.
1: Words meant just as much to Jizza as chess, if we want to think of it that way, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. Like make your move, like make it the right one. Yeah, Um, that makes a lot
2: of sense, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I do, you know, I like Duel of the Iron Mike a lot. I think I like investigative reports a little bit more, but Duel of the Iron Mike, I love that. Mastikilla got the first guest verse you know as a relative newcomer um you know he had just like recorded his verse verse ever a year earlier um well i guess a little over a year um but uh, for 36 chambers um and he kind of channels that that uh mystery of chess box and verse a little bit in his duel of the iron Mike. like he uses some of the same words or similar sounding words at least um, but he he has that kind of like laid back style and then the music kind of like you know um dies out and then inspected deck comes in and it's it almost sounds like a tempo change and i'm pretty sure it's not actually but it's just like the intensity makes it sound like a tempo change coming in with inspector's verse and um sure. and then if- of course jizz's opening line picture bloodbaths and elevator shafts like these murderous rhymes type from genuine craft like yeah
1: Dude, so perfect <laughs> hands on heads craft
0: <laughs> you know wow right um so those two i love a lot uh but my top track is fourth chamber i gotta agree with andy on this um the the choose that's where the choose the sword or choose the ball clip comes in right you're um, right you're right which is just so like intriguing and provocative even especially if you don't have the context like the um the shogun assassin's uh context because you're like what what are they talking about but you can tell like it's it's a big deal
1: grim yeah
0: <laughs> and uh the the beat is just absolute controlled chaos and ghost comes out of the gate swinging um you know one of the best lines why is the sky blue why is water wet why did judas rather romans while jesus slept and then kill a priest comes in with that laid back flow i judge wisely as if nothing ever surprised me lounging between two pillars of ivory <laughs> it's like a perfect uh kind of Jekyll and that's Hyde. that's that's
1: a really good ensemble yeah yeah. Uh, yeah
0: and then one thing i mentioned in our in our first episode where Andy and I were just like chattering or about, about like our favorite rappers and some of our favorite verses, <clears throat> I think sometimes, even though we talked about like Shahab, you mentioned Riza, not always the best rapper in the Wu Tang, like amazing production. But I do think in some posse cuts he has the best verse always yeah it's like this tongue twisting like you can barely follow it but and then like right in the middle he drops that line you can see the weakness of a man right through his iris and you're just like oh it's like almost a mic drop but then he keeps going and Mm -hmm. uh and then Jizza closes it out that is uh that's my top track um uh interesting thing i noticed is fourth chamber is track seven on this album and last episode we talked a lot about seventh chamber which is track four on enter the wu-tang so a little numerological coincidence yeah Um, so let's go to uh final reflections um and overall score uh I, my brain is swimming too much around all this. So whoever wants to to talk about overall score, jump right
1: in. Well, I'll, I'll jump in. I, uh, you know, I, despite the fact that I've been listening to it this many years, I still love this album. Um, you know, uh, the reason I asked which album you, you know, you thought was better lyrically is because it, it really did intrigue me because for me, this is my favorite jizza like not necessarily favorite song but as far as like a like a cohesive album um so i would i would give it an overall score of 9.5 mainly because the last track but at the behest of you know my two friends here i will go and wipe my slate clean and listen to it again um (laughs) <laughs> but no, it's such a good album. Great artwork, um, music. I mean, everything. I mean, it, I I do love the fact that, um, you know, the three of us have never, you know, been in a bar together or a coffee shop. But the fact that, you know, we liked a lot of the same songs. I mean, it really is a testament to those songs, right? Not necessarily just a coincidence that Fourth Chamber kept coming up. Killa Hills, right? Um, and you know, that's about it. I, I, you know, I, I, um, absolutely love this album and I love Jizza. And you know, if you're listening to this, I want you to know I'm an introvert as well. And I totally apologize, but, um, there was no room. Like, there was just no room in that bar. So.
0: I agree with everything you just said, but I got to clarify. I didn't mean that it's not his best album just lyrically. I'm not sure it's his right, right. best album. So, okay. Right, but, right, right. Lyrically as far right. as
1: the lines and the bars. Yes, right.
0: Yes. But, but you'd think like it, it is his lyrically best. And I okay. Yeah, is. that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it is hard to argue and I, I'm sure but I, I, love I love them all. Like I, change. I, yeah. I really do. So, all right, right on. What about you, Andy?
2: Oh, okay. So before I do this, I, I have to tell a little short story. Uh, I, I got to see him at the Triple Rock and he was like thirty minutes late.
0: I was he, there, dude. Oh, you were there? Oh. Oh, was this was this two thousand and nine or so? Something something like that, yeah. Dude, I wonder and, if it was yep.
1: the same tour. It might have been well may have been. It
2: definitely might have been. But he came in and he had this like nice shirt on and a nice watch, but he smelled super loud. Like I, I could smell it in the audience. <laughs> and it was like a
1: weed oh yeah Uh, uh, i I (laughs) mean you know yeah no
2: i'm not surprised but but it was just funny that like i could smell jizza from the audience (laughs) (laughs) anyways that's that's the coolest story i have i didn't get to get on stage (laughs) and take pictures but (laughs) um i would have to say this album like i think we all kind of said this but it's so flawless like it's so perfect in so many ways and I know that there is flaws to it but I mean even with that last track I would have to say I I know I've said this before but I give this album a 10 because I love this album and it's like yeah I I definitely I as we all have I've lived with this album and just like I can't not listen to it start from fit to finish it's it's so good
0: it's yeah I listened to it today like three times (laughs) (laughs) same yeah Yeah. you both have basically said everything i was gonna (laughs) i was planning on saying so um yeah uh i love a lot of things about this album i love that uh all nine members made it onto the album even in you know little little ways subtle ways understated ways um but i think that's pretty cool uh continuing the the newly established mafiosa theme. Um it's uh yeah, it's uh pretty untouchable. Um since I think there are like little tiny things that I don't love as much as other things. I'm gonna give it like a 9.6 but it's one of my favorite albums of all time. For um, sure. I would so I would put it definitely in top five. Wu albums maybe number one definitely top five for me um sounds like y'all are pretty much top five if not top one two or three i'd hate to say
2: it but i actually think this is probably my favorite wu-tang album i mean it's hard to say that it's really hard to say that, that it's hard to it say is.
1: that
2: yeah i really do think it is just as far as like the fluidity and everything of it goes, even the album cover,
0: <laughs> right. yeah, yeah,, yeah, that's true, like everything ties together so well, um and uh, I was thinking about this a little bit, and like um because it is like the kind of mafiosa and violent, but at the same time, there's like that kind of cinematic aspect to it, it's not like. It ever really gets like depressing like some gangsta rap can you know what I mean like there's mm-hmm. kind of an escapist element to it like totally. you can kind of yeah um, and I think having comic book art as the cover art helps with that for sure um, so any, any final observations or thoughts anyone wants to add on liquid swords
1: uh, I don't know that I have anything easy yeah <laughs> If you haven't listened to it by this point, I think you should just go buy it. They they sell it on vinyl now. Go. Go.
0: <laughs> Perfect I think plug. That's a good thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't get paid to say that. In fact, we don't get paid at all <laughs> <don't> yet. <laughs> but dear listener out there, if you'd like
1: to sponsor,
0: you can be our first <laughs> Patreon sponsor. Uh patreon.com/wide world of woo um drop us a sponsorship or a supportership however you want to call it uh we'll give you a shout out you can help us pick our next episode in fact we haven't decided what we'll be covering so um follow us on instagram uh wide world of woo is our handle um so that's it for liquid swords thanks a bunch shahab thanks andy yeah and uh have a good new year y'all yeah you too
1: yeah